Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And in this podcast, we take topics from both health and fitness, as well as the business side of things. We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro, and have a pretty unique perspective because we've had a lot of success, but we are not quite at the top of the food chain yet. Our mission is to help break down these topics so you can learn in an easy to digest manner and apply them into your daily life. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing how we optimize our wellness through the winter months to prevent being sick as much as possible. And if we do get sick, to limit the time that we are sick, limit the severity of it. We're going to break that all down for you. But first, returning listeners, you know the deal. If you are on your third episode and you have not left a review, please stop and do so. New listeners... If you just got into this, we have a three-episode rule. If you are still listening to the podcast after three episodes, you got to leave a review. Quick five-star, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, write us a little blurb if you want to. It's greatly appreciated. Share us on social media, tag us, start the conversation. Um, the, uh, the trend of what we're doing through this year into next year going forward is going to be delivering as much free value as we possibly can. This is one of the avenues, one of the channels that we do that with. So we're going to give you guys all the tools. Our hope is that if you ever need personal services in the future, you reach out to us. Hopefully you got some value from these free things and you're able to take it to a certain level. And then if you do need help getting to the final level to achieve your ultimate form, maintain that, build this in, figure out the most efficient way to do things, uh, you reach out. But everything we do is truly in good nature. We're not asking for anything from this besides a review. Help us expand the reach, help us grow the channel, help us help other people. Why don't you take it away? So this question was asked, well, you posted about this yesterday on your stories and then I think someone probably saw that and continued to ask me about it on my Q&A. You're taking Um, all my engagement. (laughs) So, well, I directed them back to you. So I guess I'm giving it back to you. But Somebody was asking, you know, what are things we do to help keep Cora from getting sick? And it kind of got my mind and my wheels turning about doing a full episode on this because I think obviously we're entering sick season and last year was pretty rough for a lot of people. I think the last couple of years have been rough just post pandemic and after we were all in that bubble for so long. Um, So I just wanted to kind of give you guys some insight as far as, you know, what we do to hopefully avoid sickness with our littles. And even if we do get sick, how we sort of handle that and navigate that to get better as soon as possible and hopefully to shorten the length of that sickness. Yeah, I think what is kind of often thrown under the rug or not realized is that we call this sick season and just assume it's just that time of year. Everyone gets sick. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. You're going to get smacked with one, two or three things at a certain point, especially if you have kids in school, young kids in school. We don't really look at the lifestyle factors. We don't really talk about the lifestyle factors and the things that go into that aside from it being cold and, you know, potentially viruses just living in the air longer, I guess. I don't even know if that's really a thing. Um, haven't really seen anything come across anything conclusive, but not that I've searched too hard, but what are the things that are happening during this time of year? We have the holidays, we've got Halloween, we've got Thanksgiving, we've got Christmas, we've got New Year's and it's back to back to back to back. There's something going on every single month and it's not even just that day. There are often festivities leading up to that day. So you're with your friends for Friendsgiving and then it's Thanksgiving and then you have a little break or maybe you do stuff right after Thanksgiving and then you have, um, what is it, drinking day the night before Thanksgiving? Drinking day. 
It's like the biggest day of bars. Your party friends are looking down on you right now, shaking their heads. What is it called? <laughs> Thanksgiving Eve. That's what you call it? That's what we Eve. called it. Thanksgiving Eve. You okay. called it drinking day. <laughs> I'm asking what to drink anyway. The biggest <laughs> drinking day of the year, pre the day before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Eve. I'm out of it. Uh, anyway, all these things are going on. So alcohol consumption is up. You're eating like shit, not only when you're drinking, which is another huge thing. You're eating shit while you're drinking shit. But even if you're not drinking, you've got all these festivities. You've got Halloween, just bowls and bowls of candy that last probably until Thanksgiving. And then you've got these massive meals on Thanksgiving. And obviously not everyone is uh, health conscious in the family, I'm sure. Um, so you've got a ton of desserts and you know even sweet potatoes. One of the best things my mom has made forever is the sweet potato casserole, which is like brown sugar, I think special K if, that's, if they still make that. And then uh, like marshmallows melted on top. So you take something healthy like sweet potatoes and you make it into a dessert, which is delicious. Fantastic. <laughs> but again, loaded with sugar. So you're just putting yourself in this pro-inflammatory state from say mid-October through New Year's. And then we wonder why we are all on this hyper train to, oh, let's reach our goals January 2nd, January 3rd, because you feel miserable. But also on top of just like the nutrition and drinking side is you're not sleeping well with I mean I think we all can agree we're all over this freaking time change um it throws the kids off it throws us off but even with without that it's getting dark early we're all thrown off you're not sleeping as well as you would be let's say in the summer or warmer months because you're not outside as much you're not moving as much you're not getting sunlight as much so all of these things play such a big role in how you're feeling. And yes, the nutrition aspect of it and the outings and events is a big, big, big part of it. And just consuming more sugar and more foods that you don't usually consume the rest of the year. Um, but I think like you were kind of touching on, the holidays are essentially four days. Obviously, there are plenty of us, all of us, I would say, are doing things Outside of those four days, we have family, we have friends, we're doing Friendsgivings, we're getting together for Christmas parties, there's other things happening. So yeah, it might be more than that, but it shouldn't have to be every day straight for two straight months that you're just indulging, indulging, indulging. Like it doesn't need to three be... Three straight months. Is it three? October, it, November, Yeah, December. I guess. Um, it's a full season. You know, you don't need to just embrace that mindset for the full season. There are, there's so much you can do to better your health during this time. And because you're focusing on bettering your health, that hopefully in turn should help you from getting as sick or sick at all. So now, lifestyle factors. Another one we didn't even hit on yet is it's cold for half the planet for these three months. It's winter. It's gray. It's kind of miserable, especially if it's windy we don't make the extra effort to go outside. So we're inside, we're breathing in, whatever, we're sharing, passing back and forth, but we're not getting that sunshine. We're not getting, not that you're gonna absorb a ton of vitamin D anyway, but I think there's a lot to it, not only with the vitamin D, but as Huberman talks about, just getting that sun exposure in the early morning, throughout the day as much as possible, and then early evening, just regulating systems within your body, and that's helping prevent a lot of this sickness is helping you know build up your immune system and your that light is sending signals which trigger different mechanisms within your body so that's something kai and i will do and we'll talk about the full routine but you know every single morning whether it's 
again, it's been lighter since they changed the clocks, but whether it's dark, whether it's, you know, the sun's about to rise, whether the sun's already up, if it's hot, if it's cold, if it's rainy, if it's cloudy, if it's sunny, whatever it is, every morning we get them up, we get them dressed, we take a walk, then we make breakfast and get ready for, for school. So um, that's something a lot of us don't want to do. It's cold. We want to get back inside. The only time we're outside is running from the house to the car through the parking lot to the store, back to the car, back into the house. I will admit it's not something I have made a priority up until this point because I just was in the thick of newborn life and feeding Cora and she really wasn't on a consistent schedule until the last couple of weeks. Um, But now we can really get back to that too. And I think, I forget what country it was. I want to say it was Norway or something. Remember I was telling you about how they just put their babies out in the stroller for nap time and it's freezing One of those there. cool neutral countries. <laughs> um, but they put their babies outside for naps during the winter because they sleep better. And I know that's probably a very polarizing thing to do. Not that I'm going to do that with her, but there's still benefits for even our babies to get them outside. So that's something that I hope to start doing with you guys with Cora, maybe starting tomorrow. We'll start now that she's a little more consistent. And I will say being over a year of, I probably missed literally only a handful of days of some type of cold exposure, whether it's the shower, whether it was the tub, the tub has been uh, in remission since the chickens. We still haven't uh, reintegrated that, but it's coming back, but it's been a cold shower. What You've been doing it for two years now. It's been two years. But I mean, every like I've been doing it every day, regardless of what circumstance. So I wake up and I start my day with a two to three minute cold shower. Um, and since it's been, however long it's been, again, over the course of two years, for the last year straight, pretty much, um, I'm actually not hating the cold. I hate cold when it's windy, but I'm actually enjoying the feeling of being cold now. Um, and even like dropping Kai off, it was 20 degrees this morning. I had regular pants and a t-shirt on everyone else is bundled up they got their hats they got their coats they're freezing and I actually felt really good yeah I mean even when I went to pick them up it's a little warmer now and I wore my winter coat only because I got a new winter coat and I just wanted to wear it but I was actually uncomfortably warm and it felt good to be outside in the cold Mm -hmm. so just a reminder too like yeah sometimes things are uncomfortable not everybody wants to go outside and walk in the cold every day but it's so good for you and if my 80 year old grandmother can do it every day you can do it every day so let that just sit with you um we'll go through the basics we'll go through through our basics i do want to say though obviously because i'm sure we'll get some kind of pushback somewhere there are going to be things that happen and that are outside of your control when it comes to getting sick we're not saying these things are like curing you from all sickness for winter but Again, we want to just share the goods and do our part and share what we do because I would say we're generally pretty healthy people. I mean, knock on wood, even with two littles. And I think we prefaced in the title, it's preventing getting sick is to the best of your ability, but also if you do get sick to make sure it's as short as possible and as mild as possible. So you're back on your feet and, you know, hopefully nothing, nothing crazy hits you. Um, but you know, we'll go through the basics. One of the other things to kind of discuss, though, before we even get into the regimen is the outside controllables. What, what am I talking about? So if there are things going on, you're just kind of complying to the normal. This is the normal. I have to eat candy for the next month because it's Halloween and I have to indulge in all the things on Thanksgiving. You can set boundaries for yourself. You can set moderation for yourself and you can set boundaries for your family. Like I have a for- confession. 
You've been eating candy every night? No. Um, after Halloween, we had the Halloween party, obviously. We didn't get any. We got one trick-or-treater this year, I think. Um, just the kid you next had the door. You outside. You don't know who walked up. I, there was just one people. One, one people. One, people, <laughs> one person. You are one people. Um, I kept Kai's candy that he was very excited about for maybe four days five days and then i tossed it all in the trash and i don't think he even noticed so that's just i needed to get that off my chest because i threw it away nobody cares it's fine well i'm just saying that's a boundary you can set you don't need to keep all the candy in your house until it's gone if you're over it and you don't want it in your house anymore you can get rid of it or give it to someone or throw it away whatever makes you happy but that's just one example. Like you don't have to just keep it and look at it and eat it every day for the next three months. No. And even uh, like Kai's been, Kai's had this damn cough for, uh, it's probably been two weeks. He fought it. I was so proud. He fought it off. These kids at school had it for probably three weeks before he got anything from it. Thought we were going to skate by. Obviously it wasn't the case. All he has is a cough. Um, sounds a little gnarly at times, but it's mostly in the morning and at night. But my mom, my dad wanted him to sleep over this past weekend and it's not a huge deal, but I wanted to keep him on his schedule and there is obviously some pushback. Oh, he's fine. It's just a cough. He's not sick. There's no fever, whatever. The point being is I want him to recover from this as fast as possible. I want this to stay as mild as possible. We had a friend who had this. It was mild for two and a half, three weeks. And then she ends up in the hospital with pneumonia. Um, shit can change, you know, just because it's, it's not bad. Doesn't mean it won't be anyway digging my foot in, drawing a line in the sand and explaining this is the way that I want to handle things. I want him in his routine. I want him sleeping the way he normally sleeps. I don't want him excited, overstimulated, and then not sleeping while he's away. And then he wakes up and it's you know five times worse. Stays in his routine. I'm controlling his nutrition. I'm controlling his movement. I'm controlling all of these aspects that I know are going to help him recover from this as fast as possible. So, you know, whether everyone else agrees with how I'm doing things or the way I'm doing things, why I'm doing certain things, I couldn't care less. It's about me keeping myself and my family as healthy and as safe as possible. So getting yourself into that mindset of not really being this pushover and, you know, going with the flow and it's the norm and everyone else is doing that. I don't give two shits what everyone else is doing. I'm always going to put my family's needs first and And being a father, being the leader in the family, you know, this is coming, going to come off, come across the wrong way. But what I say goes, that's simply, this is the regimen. This is how it goes. And obviously Alessandra's in agreement with that. Not me being the yes, dictator, no, but with yes. the things that I'm, I'm saying. Well, we're, we talk about all these things, but what I was going to say is setting these boundaries is not going to feel easy and it's not going to be comfortable either. Like it's sometimes you have difficult conversations and sometimes it gets dragged out into conversations you don't want to have, but like, Josh said at the end of the day it's your decision it's your kid it's your family it's you personally um so you have to decide what you think is best for them and what you are most comfortable with so um just a reminder so we're going to go through some simple things that we reiterate on all of our episodes um just lifestyle mechanics lifestyle fundamentals the pillars and then we'll finish up with our specific do not get sick routine the daily routine that is dialed in throughout the next three to four months so basics of nutrition obviously like we mentioned on the top of this episode there are a lot of things happening right now there are a lot of events there are a lot of festivities a lot of holidays going on what we want to do is make sure that outside of that singular day we're not expanding the shit that we're consuming so it continues to revolve around 
nutrient dense whole foods, prioritizing nutrient diversity, prioritizing fiber diversity. You know, we're not snacking throughout the day. There are set times we have breaks from eating, letting our bodies, you know, go through that stomach sweeping mechanism, um, you know, clearing out our gut, reducing inflammation via clearing out those dead cells and allowing our bodies to thrive. So it's whole foods, nutrient dense foods, plenty of water, just giving our body the nutrients and the fuel that it needs, the right kind of fuel to be able to fight off inflammation, to be able to fight off anything that, you know, spikes up our immune system. And, you know, we're not in a weakened state because we're pro-inflammatory. We're taking care of ourselves the same way now that we have throughout the entire year when we do generally feel better. And that's not to say you can't go out and enjoy these family events or holidays or whatnot. Like, yes, we want you to still enjoy life. But something I think that has helped our clients a lot, and this has been a recommendation that I've given them in the past, is to determine which events you're going to kind of, I think I used the stoplight analogy for this experience for them like during the holidays so like green light means you're just gonna go and you're gonna have fun and you're not gonna really worry too much about food so like christmas day like don't worry about it at all eat what you want to eat it's one day it's not a big deal yellow light is kind of approaching it with caution so maybe you go in with a very flexible plan maybe you eat beforehand and say you're gonna have dessert there like you know you come up with some kind of middle ground that you're still enjoying yourself, but you know, you're still keeping your goals in mind. You're still very intentional about what you're doing. And then red light is the events that you kind of just want to put a full stop to. Maybe you eat your full dinner before and you go and you just enjoy the company of everyone else. Or maybe, um, you go, if you're going out to eat to a restaurant, you look up the menu beforehand and see what kind of fits your macros for the day. So there are levels to this and you can be the one to determine which events you go full send and enjoy that and watch events you kind of hold back and scale back and keep your goals in mind knowing it's going to help you feel better and I think keeping your biofeedback and how you feel in mind during these times and being flexible with these events is super important too because let's say you get to an event that you meant to be a green light and you want to put red because you aren't feeling well and you know that eating those things is going to make you feel worse tomorrow maybe you switch it up. So be flexible, consider your biofeedback and approach each event individually to really see what's going to best fit your goals, your life, whatever you've got going on. If you guys have noticed, our message has never changed around these pillars. What we're saying now through the holiday season is the same thing we've stressed in each and every episode. We are all about prioritizing the quality foods, the foods that are going to fuel our bodies the right way and do the right things for our bodies. But we're not anti- life it's just about creating singular events versus extending these streaks so when these holidays come up there is nothing wrong with the occasional full send if you've been dialed in you're feeling fantastic and you're like you know what i just want to have a great time with my family and do the damn thing there is absolutely nothing wrong with that and that's not gonna have any long-term repercussions it's a singular event it's a single day you might feel like shit toward the end of that day and the following day but you're gonna get right back into your routine and that's the whole point um so that is our steady stance on nutrition. Next up is, I'm not going to say the most important, but because they all are, but uh, obviously extremely, extremely important, and that's sleep. So being able to allow our bodies to recover, a lot of times when we wake up sick, it's after a poor night of sleep. So if you've been drinking, for example, and even if you get an extended amount of sleep, it's poor quality sleep. And that's when you wake up hungover, obviously, but you're also maybe coming down with something. Or you work super late one night, or you go out with friends, you're not drinking, you're just hanging out when you get that four hour night that five hour night just not quite up to par 
you feel a little run down, that's opening the door for these things to kind of take hold and for anything that's been lingering, waiting for you to enter a weakened state, it's taking advantage of that. It's diving in, then the next day, the next couple of days, you feel a little worse, a little worse, a little worse. So again, control what you can control. If, if kids are up and you know, you're taking care of the baby and this and that, and you have a night of poor sleep, nothing you can do about that. But on a regular basis, you really need to be focused on getting that extended period, getting that minimum seven hours of sleep every single night. That's when you're truly recovering. That's when your body is really taking that next level as far as being able to fight things off. So I don't want to say it's overlooked. I'm sure a lot of you are aware that sleep is extremely important, but is it prioritized to the best of our abilities? Are we making sure that, you know, when we do have the ability to control our amount of sleep, we're reading the book before bed, we're not binge watching Netflix. Um, you know, you know, if you're on the borderline just under seven occasionally, obviously no big deal, but set yourself up for success and get that minimum of seven hours every single night and set yourself up with quality sleep. So pre-bedtime routine, that hour before bed, extremely important. Stress management. Next up on the docket, um, meditation is my go-to here, but I also integrate the sauna. I also integrate cold exposure. So being able to control my emotions, that's what stress management looks like for me, being able to keep that steady, steady, uh, steady head and be a lot less reactive, being able to see things happen and not immediately jump to anger or whatever the emotion is. See the situation for what it is stay level-headed and handle that accordingly. Now, when we're go, go, go all the time, obviously our fuse tends to get shorter and shorter and shorter. So giving ourselves breaks throughout the day. So if you're doing a 10-minute meditation in the morning or a 10-minute meditation at night or, or both, great, that's fantastic. But what are you doing in these moments when you're feeling stress build up, whether it is prior to a stressful conversation, in the middle of a stressful conversation at work, um, or even like seeing a lot of family members I know is stressful for a lot of people this time of year if you don't get along with family or your extended family there's people that you just it brings you a lot of stress seeing them maybe they comment on your food choices or your body or whatever it is that is one aspect I think that drives stress super high at this time of year so just going back to that boundary setting don't go to events that you don't need to go to that you can kind of just say hey this is something I can skip out on for my mental health. If it's something you feel like you have to go to, set those boundaries and don't be afraid to say, you know, hey, I don't want to talk about this topic or this issue at this time. But even in the moment, if you are in the middle of something that's not avoidable, you know, taking a step back, if you can walk away for a minute, do some box breathing or in that moment, doing a couple double breath sighs. So the full and the long exhale. Um, you know, a few of those can bring things back down, reactivate your parasympathetic nervous system and just get out of that fight or flight mode, which is where stress really builds up and you see that cortisol spiking up. Um, lower everything back down, stay controlled, stay compressed, become non-reactive. So little practices like that throughout the day. Again, cold exposure, that is just, you know, whether it's a sauna, whether it's cold exposure, whether it's meditation, that's allowing us to reconnect with our breath and live body and mind in the present moment. So a lot of the time we are physically here, mentally we're checked out. When you're forgetful, you're typically not forgetful because of your brain. It's because you're not here. You're not paying attention. You're not focused. You are in the future or you are in the past. You are not living in this moment. So that is really the central theme for everything we do for stress management. Whether you realize it or not, it's reconnecting with the breath and coming back to that present moment. So whatever you enjoy for that practice, whatever you feel like is most effective for you, 
Just make sure you're doing something every single day and throughout the day as needed. Daily movement. Outdoors if possible. Most of you should be able to get outside even if it's snowing, even if it's raining. I mean, there's definitely extreme conditions where we would say (laughs) proceed with caution, but in most cases, try to get outside and it's okay if it's raining, it's okay if it's cold, if it's windy. Yeah, it's not going to be as enjoyable, but it's still giving you the same benefit afterwards. So um, as we mentioned, just movement in general tends to drop during the colder months for those who do experience the seasons like we do. Um, but also, you know, with it getting darker earlier and things like that, it's harder for a lot of people to get outside. Um, so if someone is working like a nine to five job and they get out and it's dark out, what would your advice be to them? Take a walk on your lunch break, take your hour, you know, eat for 20 minutes. And if you can drive somewhere in nature, cool. If not get outside for 10 minutes, um, 15 minutes, great. Half an hour. Fantastic. If you're stuck in the office, I don't think that's going to be truly the case for many of you. I think it's going to be more of an excuse. Um, But if you truly are, they got chains on the doors, you can't leave, get up once an hour, do a lap around the office, do two laps around the office, pace back and forth at your desk if you got an office or just do circles around your cubicle. (laughs) Whatever it is, get up, get the blood moving. Um, It's going to be tremendous, not only for, you know, health, but also productivity. So if anyone gives you shit, hey, I'm going to be more productive because of this. Um, just getting up, getting moving. The reason we talk about outside, and this goes very well with the stress management we just hit on. So to take it a little further, you get those fractals. So something they've been talking about a lot is when you get out into nature, there are these fractals, there are these seemingly endless shapes, these patterns of shapes. Um, and that naturally calms yourself down. It, It activates that parasympathetic nervous system again, takes you out of that fight or flight. Um, and even, you know, sitting inside working in the office, even during this podcast, I'm out the window for about 25% of it, looking at trees about a mile down. So that just is something that it just feels good on the mind, clears your head, allows you to, uh, to bring more clarity to everything else that you're doing. So great for stress management, obviously great for your health. If you can get outside, if not, just get yourself moving, do what you can do. All right. Shall we dive into our, uh, bundle up. You got a little list here. What does bundle up mean? Oh, like for people who say it's too cold to walk outside. Um, If I, I mean, I did this with Kai too. Start taking your cold showers. It's never too cold. (laughs) Well, I did this with Kai too. They, like I've had people say it's too cold. I can't take my baby out. Um, Bundle up, bundle them up. You get bundled up. We used to live in caves, people. You should be just fine. And it's good for you and your baby to get outside. Um, They have pretty much every sort of contraption and stroller accessory these days that make it easy to bundle them up and get out in the stroller or if they're small enough baby wear them that's what I did with Kai and he was around six months in the winter when he was born um so I just would pop him in the stroller and we would walk the airline trail and it would be chilly but he would just kind of sit there with his little uh teddy bear (laughs) jacket and be fine so it also makes for good naps yeah, I took Cora out just literally sitting outside on the porch. It was 45 degrees. She just had her fleece onesie on, uh, sun beaming on her. She was just playing for most of it. And then uh, I forgot about looking at her for a couple minutes, looked down, she fell asleep. So I had to wake her that. ass back up. <laughs> um, but isn't that great for like melatonin production? Mm-hmm. And then uh, they lay down and just, they utilize yeah. it. Anywho, the don't get sick regimen. So what we're doing now, the daily practice um, that just really gets fully dialed in here 
hit on it before, you've been failing at this, but the daily morning walks, non-negotiable for Kai and I every single day before school. Um, getting that sunlight, getting some some movement in, getting that fresh air, and then he usually has recess if it's a nice day too, so that's that's perfect. Yeah, they're but, very they're pretty good about getting them outside even if it's super cold. So we love that about where he goes to school. So morning sunlight, again, not just for vitamin D. You're not getting a ton of that in winter, especially, you know, in the north. Um, but that light activation of certain practice, certain uh, mechanisms within your body, great for building up your immune system. We just stumbled across Manuka honey. So we've been doing honey. Um, it's been known to be helpful, I think antiviral, but antibacterial, anti-proliferation, which is rapid increases in cells, which is why they feel as though um, it's potentially beneficial for preventing cancer. They actually use, everyone's been reaching out since I posted this, um, they use this in the hospitals on wound dressings. So it helps regenerate tissue, I guess. Um, and Ooh, I assume, like nurses and stuff. Mm-hmm, and I assume antiseptic and preventing the bacteria and infection. So great things with that. That dosage is actually a little more concentrated. So it's MGO is the, the content. I want to say methoglyoxal. M-E-T-H-Y-L-G-L-O-X-Y-L. So there's different levels of concentration with this this brand that we have. We grabbed the one at Costco. I believe it was MGO 263. And then on their site, I believe the, believe the next one is 400. And then 600 maybe. And then 825 or something like that. And then the 6 and the 8 for acute use. Um, I don't know if that's specifically for skin. I would assume not. Uh, maybe if you're currently sick. I haven't dove into this. But the 263 and the 400 are for just daily use um and again antimicrobial anti-proliferation just you know anti-inflammatory in general um so just very good for preventing getting sick to begin with or if you are sick to kind of knock that down and, and stop that from replicating throw it in your tea have mm-hmm. a spoonful of it plain kind of just has He's got it the plain. so we just throw it on a spoon and he takes it down to kind of coat his throat for a few um, minutes um i think you said the you have to be 12 months and older to have this yes. though. So if you have in general. little babies, that's not months. for them. And then broccoli sprouts. So with broccoli sprouts, sulforaphane content here is the big one. And sulforaphane is, you could read about this or watch videos about this for a while. It's just a very, very interesting compound nutrient. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, essentially, green cruciferous vegetables brown or green leafy vegetables, you're going to have some sulforaphane content in there, higher concentrations. The highest concentration is going to be in broccoli sprouts. So we actually grow them our own, um, grow them ourselves. Just ordered uh, organic seeds from Amazon. We've got a little sprouting jar. It takes about five days to get a couple full jars. And then we eat that fresh. By the time we're done with that, it's about five days. So it's a nice cycle. Finish the sprouts. The next round is ready by the time we finish those sprouts. But again, very, very strong research in regards to you know cancer prevention and even potential for cancer treatment um they're trying to come up with supplementation for specifically concentrated sulforaphane content um again most bioavailable kind of the best way you can do most anything is to eat it directly from the most potent source which is going to be those broccoli sprouts so antibacterial um antiviral that's also going hand in hand with garlic raw garlic chopped so you're going to chop it and wait 10 minutes because that's actually activating an enzyme called allicin, A-L-L-I-I. See, I can't spell right now. I Allison. don't know, but I just had like 
deja vu because we did a podcast where you talked about this and tried to spell it and you said the same thing (laughs) i I think i said alicine alicin can't spell it can't say it but it's an enzyme that activates once you chop the garlic you have to wait 10 minutes don't cook it and we eat that shit raw when kai is sick we make a little game he's more of of a champ than me i like cry during it because it's so spicy is not the word what is the word it is spicy i wouldn't say it's spicy though It's it's almost like it burns it burns going down and we tell him the burn it's killing all the bugs it's killing all the bad things it's making it better <laughs> so he pops it in and he does like his little dance and he literally just, dances literally just gets it in and it's very impressive um but yeah it it stinks but and you have stinky breath for a little bit after it two days um but that was something we started doing right after we got covid the first time like peak pandemic not peak pandemic but like when was that? Twenty twenty. Middle of the second huge wave. So we didn't get the first round of COVID, Delta variant, or whatever. Um, the second big wave. It was the end of twenty twenty one, I think. So we were just about great to, parents, right? Yeah. Um, so we did it then, and I didn't have any. Like we felt crap. We both felt crappy for like a day, right? A day and a half, but we started. This is when we really went heavy with the garlic and the broccoli sprouts, and. You can call it mental. I make fun of placebo. you for being mental. Placebo, whatever. Within 10 minutes of the broccoli sprouts, I started to feel a little better. We were good. We were fine. Day, we were fine a day and a half after starting broccoli sprouts one part of the day. So morning, for example, and then um, garlic at night. And I swear. Stopped. And Kai never got it during that, did he? Uh, or was that the one he did get it? I don't think he got it. I don't think he got it when we did. So that was interesting too. So as far, I mean, they've even done studies on that with, I believe the garlic specifically. I don't know if they did with the broccoli sprouts, but with the garlic, it's prevents, it stops that viral replication. So again, preventing it hopefully, but if you do get it, making sure it's not as sick or doesn't last as long. You can, I believe that was a PubMed um, study they did with garlic, the Allison activation and COVID specifically. So if you're really a wuss about it, which I am, I will proudly say, um, if this is my hack, if somebody really just cannot get it down What's raw, saltine crackers with laughing cow cheese, chop up the garlic, let it do its thing, and then just sprinkle it on there. And I don't know why it must be like the laughing cow spread or something that just helps it not be as painful when you're eating it. But that's how I got it down. Or the put f- some butter on some toast and throw it on there and you're just eating garlic bread. I don't know. It just, the crackers and the laughing cow did it for me and nothing okay. else compared to that. So if you were I've struggling. I've thrown it on lox bagels, the salmon. Yeah, you can put it on stuff, but just we don't just. Don't cook it. Chop uh, it, wait 10 minutes and eat it straight up if yeah. you're a badass or throw it on something, whatever. But those are, that's our management. So the garlic, we won't do all the time. Um, I, I would honestly be worried about ulcers if you did that every day. I think some people do. I'd be you just worried about steel stomach. just me living with your breath every day. But the garlic is really on an as-needed basis. So if we have been around sick people or we just feel like we're starting to get run down, not even sick at that point, but just something's off, I'll do a clove in the morning and a clove at night for the next few days until it's gone. Um, so I'm feeling 100%. And I think the cough that you guys had, I think I I felt a little weird for about a half an hour one day. And I did a few days of garlic. I never got it. Yeah. Kai and Alessandra got it. I started the garlic a little bit sooner than they did. So they took it after they got it to Luckily, kind of manage it. Cora but, is protected by breast milk, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So. so that's it. It's the morning walk, getting that sunshine, getting the air in. 
um, the garlic chopped up on an as-needed basis. Ideally, you're not doing that all the time, but if you know you've been around it, you're worried about it. If you want to take it for a few days, just maintenance. You know, it's sick season. Maybe a few days a week. Every other day, you do it perfectly fine. When we are sick, that is daily, at least once a day. A clove in the morning, clove at night, typically. Broccoli sprouts you can do every single day. Um, the manuka honey, doing that every single day, and uh, everything else we mentioned. So that was the specific what we changed during six season, but everything else we talked about in the regimen section, that's a that's a daily non-negotiable anyway. It's just maintaining overall health, but critically important during quote unquote six season to uh, to not avoid and make sure that you continue so that you are healthy throughout the entire year, not just the nine months that you're sticking to those habits and those goals and those practices and those regimens and those protocols. Anything else you want to add? Nope. Where can they find you? I'm at Alessandra Skutnik. I'm at Josh Skutnik. Everything else is linked in the show notes.